1: This year, love your skin again. Go to dimebeautyco.com now and unlock your discount. That's dimebeautyco.com.
2: A single mom who works too hard who loves her kids and never stops, who I am is who I want to be. I'm a survivor. That's it's me here with Tony. Mhm. A single mom who works too hard, who loves her kids and never stops. I watch Reba every day. I'm. It's a good ass show.
1: Reba and Reba is me. I am a single mother, small business owner
2: who loves her kid and never who stops. Loves
1: her kid and never stops.
2: I think about. I often think about Reba's incredibly iconic tweet from like 2009, where it was like,
1: and then the darkness <laughs> had.
2: had started eating breakfast and then the torture started.
1: <laughs> I'll never forget about this alleged story of when 9/11 happened, Reba was on set and the whole production was like, "Oh my god, we have to like take a break. 9/11 just happened. Like everyone was devastated. Production was like paused." And she is, "All right, so let's keep on working." Wow. Reba was not slowing down she was not gonna let 9-11 stop her from doing what she does best which is being her well this is my
2: 9-11 I would love like allegedly allegedly I would love like a kind of dramatic Pablo Lorraine style reenactment of all celebrities reacting to 9-11 like just like vignettes of like major celebrities like finding out about nine eleven. this is
1: the imagine video is what you're no, saying it's like, imagine 2.0 or just like
2: a, no like more um
1: you want like the essentially the bush whisper like his moment kind of starts it off when he finds out about nine eleven. but then every celebrity like their yeah. moment like that
2: Can, or like kind of like an olivier say like mm-hmm. you know like that style of like
1: what you're talking about is like an experimental yep. film, a montage.
2: Instead of Paris Je t'aime, 911 je,
1: <laughs> je, <t'aime. laughs> je
2: t'aime. Je t'aime. Je t'aime. 911 Je
1: 911 Je, t'aime. 9/11, je t'aime. I'd watch.
2: Yeah, like these kind of sad, like sort of like fly on the wall moments of like a celebrity getting a st- like getting fitted for something and then she hears like a soft cry in the background and like scuttle 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 mm-hmm. of like an assistant click 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 she hears some commotion and then she just keeps going and then it's like more commotion
1: i think you should write this movie yeah
2: why am i giving this away? why give
1: it away yeah don't blow up your spot because you're onto something here don't take <laughs> it i'm <laughs> just being like you need to write this this would be a great short film you could write it and direct it
2: and just like and star in it you
1: actually should. <laughs> <laughs> that would be. That would be incredible. like
2: everything. My whole s my brand is nine eleven.
1: Yeah, same. I want to be in it.
2: Yeah, of course.
1: Like just even a cameo.
2: Remember in Vox Lux when nine eleven happens? Mm-hmm. When I <laughs> I saw that movie at the uh, Los Feliz Theater, whatever the one on Vermont. The big, yeah, 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 and there was a shot of like the freedom tower, like a slow zoom in with this dark music and everyone in the theater started howling. (laughs) Like it was not, it was not meant to be, I mean, maybe it was, but like the entire theater erupted into like, we all just had a, everyone just was like, what the fuck? This is so stupid. I love when that happened. It was beautiful.
1: I'm, obsessed with moments like that in movies that are supposed to be so serious and foreboding where the audience decides no this is camp and we're laughing now speaking of
2: camp i was saddened to wake up this morning to realize that like every gay working in hollywood was invited to the megan screening
1: megan and harry
2: no like the doll the evil robot doll
1: the mcgain mcgain
2: People, Wait, that happened? Queers all over this town were invited to a screening I of it. And I was like, I, furious. I am furious. Mutual gay. There's gays.
1: literally no justice. No
2: justice for the LGBTs. We
1: need a publicist, honestly. We if do. we had a publicist, this never would have Any happened. publicist. <laughs> if you're a publicist. Reach out. Let's get in touch. But I was like. I'm sick of being snubbed. Mara,
2: you would die. They had. Don't. They had literal McGain doppelganger girls doing the dance in front of the screen before the movie started.
1: I'm never going to forgive. And they
2: all literally look like McGain, and apparently in the restrooms there were McGains.
1: What the fuck?
2: Um,
1: We've devoted so much time. I know! I'm like, actually... I this was is like, my 9-11 now. This... this is a new 9-11. Every day I wake up and I say, what's gonna, the new 9-11 going to be in my life? And getting snubbed for a premiere I had no idea was happening, but really would have cared about deeply and would have gone enthusiastically <sighs> to... This is gay hell. This is hell. I'm... This is what it feels like to be invisible.
2: I'm so... I feel erased. I feel unseen. Boy this erased. Is erasure. I am boy erased. This
1: is Lars Erasure I'm, from the McGain narrative. I
2: saw, like, I started seeing tweets about, like, from and people being like, wow, this is the gayest screening I've ever been to. And I was like,
1: uh, wow. How gay is it really if wow. we aren't there? I'm
2: people on the red carpet, people just laughing, looking spiffy. And
1: I'm like, I need McGain. Okay, 2023, it's over for you, hoes, because we're hitting every red carpet, carpet, red carpet. <laughs> Get me on the red carpet. I
2: want McGain to interview people on the red carpet. I want
1: McGain to break into my apartment and strangle me awake. I want slap McGain me in the face and say, "Get the fuck up and go to Barry's boot camp."
2: I no, but I'm like, we are. This is motivation for 2023. Like the takeover. We need to be at these
1: all events. these people have publicists I know. they all have them everyone has the a publicist that's out the, here listen, that's that, the big secret that's the big secret you other think than everyone Zenfic? wants you look at people you fly over state people oh, no. i've been you i've been you look i've been it too i grew up in oklahoma city and oh did you yeah and i would look at hollywood i would look at people in magazines how do they do it how do they do it god everyone just this? wants a piece of them Everyone just wants them there they yeah. love them everyone loves them no these people pay someone so to get them on the list to make you out there think that everyone wants them i'm blowing this wide open it's Next truly year, no, you'll be like Everyone wants sup. Everyone is obsessed <laughs> with this podcast. Layer Lair and care. They're everywhere I want to be. Uh, How do they do it? But you'll know in the back of your head they are, have a publicist. And you'll feel okay about it. But then you'll also root. You won't feel bad about yourself. You'll feel happy for us. But you'll know the truth. Which is that we pay.
2: You lifted the rug. You've, lift, you've lifted the rug now twice. First with Ozempic. And now
1: Ozempic, with... celebrities getting paparazzi, and the publicist. Guys, I'm not gatekeeping anymore. It's no more secrets.
2: Everyone, it's every...
1: everyone's on Ozempic. Everyone's Sorry on Sorry for those who are really Ev... triggered by the Ozempic. Are people triggered? People are triggered by Ozempic talk, but guess I mean, what? Listen, Dive into no the shadow. More and... trig- listen, Dive into the shadow. No and one see is what it more
2: triggered you. than you and I. I am literally, or you and me, I am like extremely trigged.
1: intermittent fasting is my ozempic and i have become ozempic thanks to myself let's avoid this okay let's not yeah i'm just gonna say that and i'll leave it that there Uh, but 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 let's move on
0: ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices
1: This year, love your skin again. Go to DimeBeautyCO.com now and unlock your discount. That's DimeBeautyCO.com. Sibling fights
2: are unavoidable, but what if every fight you had was under a microscope on a global scale? That's the reality for brothers Prince William and Prince Harry. They were each other's closest friends and allies since the death of their mother, Princess Diana. But that all began to crack as they married and took wildly different approaches to their royal duties. Speaking of publicists, who has the best publicist in Hollywood? Apparently, Ms. Finch. <laughs> Guys, Elizabeth Finch. <laughs> She's that. If you don't remember, here's a little primer. In the spring, there was a juicy breaking Vanity Fair story about a writer slash producer on Grey's Anatomy who was like one of the like big wigs of Shondaland. Who? Was, was also
1: a terrorist who was an
2: emotional terrorist and was a pathological liar and a fictitious cancer faker Lunchausen, cancer faker Brooks and
1: R H O C vibes truly but and worse
2: a true like snake oil saleswoman and was wielding power and tyranny over the writers room of Grey's Anatomy with her trauma and like. Had her own chair that no one could sit in and was constantly...
1: She was my body.
2: She was my body. She was constantly... Every day was like, I'm here. Like, you should be grateful I'm here. And, like, anything you're going through, you have no idea what's what it's like to... She had some rare cancer. She was raped. She had an abortion. She was... Her friend died in the synagogue shooting in Pittsburgh. Like, every... She was her ma- brother
1: committed suicide. Her, she her brother, leave. who sexually
2: abused her, committed suicide. She
1: would leave for long periods of time. Not work. And then people would be like, Where are you? And she'd be like, Just so you know, my brother died of suicide. So I'm part of the team. I may not be. And all of these things, lies.
2: Lies for years. And she made millions of dollars. Yeah. And she also married a, a woman who she met in a rehab for victims of domestic violence and like mental illness. Uh,
1: she did the thing you're really not supposed to do in rehab, which is fall in love.
2: She fell in love with, well, who knows if she loved her, but this woman fell in love with her, and then she sort of like that woman legitimately had like dysfunction and trauma and like things that were actually like putting her at risk physically and mentally. And Ms. Finch, Tom Ripley's her
1: kind of took it on, and then her stories became similar to her wife's stories about her trauma but anyways
2: so she's and then
1: i had forgotten about her i had been we were in a place of ms finch earlier this year but then as the quarters raged on i released ms finch from my narrative and i lived in a world where i no longer ever had to think about her until this morning when you told me that she was back (laughs) and she had given an interview, one hell of an interview, one hell of a story to some website I've never heard of, <laughs> like a Substack.
2: I think it was the writer who broke the story. Yeah. But I up...
1: also had never read the original article that the Substack writer had posted.
2: It was, it's so, oh wait. So it's, so like you said, she sort of has gone, she was, she got totally like,
1: she'd gone quiet.
2: She got called out.
1: Should in that situation, yeah, she was
2: fired, like seemingly blacklisted from Hollywood. So then, seven months later, we revisit her emergence. Her reemergence hath begun. She's planning her comeback. This guy sits down with her in her palatial, colonial home in Topanga, like on like multiple acres of land. LOL. But all that money bought on lies.
1: I mean, she's rich. She's produced like 30-something episodes mm. of like a hit show and wrote 13. Like she's like fucking banking out for the rest of her life probably from that job. Um, Unless she gets sued. She could get sued in she like a won't. civil lawsuit by either her coworkers or like, I'm Shondaland? sure Disney or Hulu could yeah. like sue her. But basically she gave an interview, said that, all of the cancer was fake. She made it up. And then... Wait,
2: sorry to interrupt, but the, fo- the photo hologram thing, there's this like weird moving image photo at the beginning where it looks like one of those reflective cards that's, like has a hologram on it. And it's her giving full open casket. Yeah. She's like, it's sepia. And she's going, eyes closed, eyes open, eyes closed, eyes open.
1: I have feelings about this article. Number one, I'm like, how what what's the point of speaking to this person and giving them a platform everything they say is a lie so they can't be trusted and giving them attention is what they ultimately want like and
2: well she so she and her attorney reached out to him
1: yeah i'm sure they fucking did i'm sure they did and i think that this I have negative feelings about her, but I also have negative feelings about this journalist because I'm like, you also just want clicks and attention and, like, you know that people are going to read the ankler for one day in their lives and, like, you also didn't ask any important, real, hard-hitting questions. Like, she says that she was abused emotionally and physically by her brother growing up and then she had a knee injury in 2007 and when she was recovering from this knee injury people were so nice to her but then they just like ghosted, it, and there was silence and then she decided i have to lie about a thing or two to get some attention around here and so then her lies about the cancer started in 2012 but i'm like okay that's five years she's been lying time. her whole life i'm like you're a liar like none of this adds up like i know you lied about the cancer but i also am like okay like I'd be like well then when did this start like what was the first who was the first person you told like what was your process you would shave your head did you put on makeup like I want to know all the gritty details about every fucking lie and if I'm not getting that I also am like I think this trauma story and the knee story is also a convenient lie to try and like shed light on why she would lie like she clearly has like a person she does have a personality disorder even if she says her therapists say it's all trauma-based all she's trying to do is get more sympathy
2: her brother is not dead he's a doctor they're from she's from cherry hill which is i know next- i was like
1: a jersey queen
2: south jersey legend for
1: every legend of new jersey there's one infamous infamous finch
2: <laughs> so i i grew up near finch um but her brother is a lot like it's so destructive, like the gruesome details of her lies too. Like, I forgot I was so like jarred again, like that she had she claimed that she had to go into the site of the massacre at the synagogue and like get her friend's remains. And it's like and they these people gave her such benefit of the doubt, these co-workers. Well,
1: yeah, because you can't. Because she was exalted. If someone is literally like dying of cancer in your workplace and looks and yeah. acts like they have cancer, you're not going to be like you're faking it. Also, you can't be like you like can't talk shit about someone no. who has cancer and like lords it over everyone. I'm sure there's like sad conversations. Oh, are, like for sure, we fucking hate her ass. Like every day is a nightmare having to deal with this person. Well,
2: No, they were saying she bullied people. She. She bullied other women.
1: But I'm just like, so who? And what was interesting was they apparently, I guess there was some older doctor. Oh, yeah. Who had been hired as like a medical consultant for the show. And then he started to notice a lot of inconsistencies in her stories about cancer and her treatment and stuff. And then he also noticed the way that she treated everyone else in the room was like really shitty because she would like bully people and single them out and like lord her illness and like life experience and victimhood over others and then he went to like upper management and HR but then someone else close to the show said that that never happened so I'm also like what's the truth and what real truth are we getting out of this interview like we all know this fucking bitch fake cancer we read about it in vanity <laughs> fair like w- the jigs up and so, she's like
2: and she's like and kn- she's like i know what it's like to lose everything it's like you fucking did this to yourself because you lie
1: yeah also like what have you lost like you've, also you've ruined- lost your human relationships due to your own actions but like you still have your money. You still have a house. Like You have a hot tub. The best thing that she could possibly do, like, is become a therapist. That's the only thing left for her.
2: Well, she wants to keep writing. And, like... I'm like, sorry, bitch. She's ruined people's lives. She ruined that woman's life. Like, she fucking terrorized that woman. She took her kids away from her, I think, right? Didn't she have custody of her kids at one point?
1: Uh, I don't remember.
2: But it's... Just, allegedly. But it's just, like... It's so her actions are so shocking and it's not just like oh this poor woman is very ill in the head it's like no she's like a sinister person and i i I too felt very like why am i reading this
1: yeah and like the guy but back to that medical guy he the writer had reached out to him for comment and he was basically like, no, I'm not going to talk to you. And then the only thing he said that went on record was like, I'm not sure who benefits from this. And I think he's referring to the entire project of like writing that article because I think the writer benefits from it because they they get clicks.
2: She benefits from it.
1: She benefits from it because it's like, or she thinks she does, but I don't think this does much for her. I don't think that anyone is going to...
2: She wants to write in The Handmaid's Tale, which I, was I like, didn't.
1: I didn't feel sympathy for her. No. Like, it didn't make me feel goodwill or, like, a more understanding. Like, it would have been more iconic if she was like, yeah, I fucking lied about everything. I'm a dirty little liar. <laughs> I'm and a dirty like, little. Yeah. And, like, I am lying to you right now. Like, it, it's more.
2: I did feel like it came together a little at the end. I think the writer was very quiet about it, but I think he was pretty scathing at the end with. Just those little details of like noting that she was very fixated on who was taking the photos, if she, ha- which person was coming to do hair and makeup, and she was focused on getting photos back of her crying. Mm-hmm. So I think that was actually like, to me at the end, I was like, that kind of came together that he was like, she's twisted and that she's a sick person.
1: Just her tone.
2: And she wants to write in The Handmaid's Tale. She's like, I think it would be a dream come true. I'm like, of course you want to write on...
1: Can you imagine... She like, would be great. I would, like... Um, am- No.
2: Is Writing...
1: <laughs> Can you imagine her... Imagine being at work with her is no. my absolute nightmare. The kind of person... Also, it did not go unnoticed that it was like... She really started writing on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Tales of all her journeys. I was like, yeah, that's... When are we going to get the study that, like, people that write really long Facebook posts are, like, that's a sign of deep, deep, deep illness? Yeah. Like, there is a direct correlation between that.
2: Facebook's, like, a whole other.
1: It's a whole other monster, but it's not surprising that she would, like, take to Facebook. But, like, who would want to work with this person? It's one thing to fake cancer and be, like need the attention blah 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 and I do think that maybe there would be a path to redemption if like it's if you're faking cancer and you need sympathy and like it's really about that that's kind of one thing if you're not like lording it over people and like making their lives fucking hell and like shaming others and like using your like sad victim story to like really stick it to other people that's where I'm like I would never want to work with this person. I would never even want to be around her. I don't trust people like that. Like who would want to be around a person like that?
2: Well, I, this is funny because she, in in the piece, she's like, I'd like a grid to tell me the people that have blocked me on social media that I know, like, is it because they legally can't talk to me? They don't know what to say or they just don't like me. And this one person I saw on Twitter was like, I'm the person she's talking about. And I blocked her because she was sending me, after she was discovered to have been lying to me for, like, a decade, was sending me, like, funny memes on Instagram, and it was freaking me out, so I blocked her.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, like, this is a person that's not willing to take radical responsibility for their lives.
2: But is doing pictures where she's like this.
1: And she's still stuck stuck in the victim narrative, which I do think, like, is a part of... Human evolution, or like personal evolution yeah. and healing, because like bad shit has happened to everyone. Like yeah. you have probably been victimized or a victim at one point in your life. Everyone has, but that people using that as like that where the story ends, yeah, is like it doesn't end there. Like you don't have to like sit in that no place, and you don't or should you. And I think it's unfortunate because our culture has been like rewarded that that's like a very rewarding thing that you get really positive feedback on like social media and like blah, blah, blah for like sharing your like victim story. And it's very victim Olympics out there. But the more radical thing is like, how did I contribute to this? How did I contribute to this situation?
2: Well, it's one thing to like, I think people should share in order to heal, I think there is something powerful about sharing, overcoming something, or like having gone through something. When it when it's like not used to when you use it to lord over other over other people, though, that's yeah, like destructive. Yeah, when you're using it just to get like, there's a detention. difference. Be- there's a difference between obviously this person's a fucking liar, but like if you did legitimately go through trauma, like there's a difference between sharing it to try to help someone else or like get some kind of conversation going. I think that's great, and I think it's good, but. This Ms. Finch was sitting in her throne of lies, wielding tyranny over other people through her victim, fake victimhood.
1: And gaining power from being a victim.
2: And telling like crazy stories that was probably triggering to people. Like she told one story I forgot is that she came into work one day late and she was like, I was road rage and a man was fapping in my presence. She who said cut a me off.
1: veteran, a war veteran, stalked her for months and then slammed a knife into her front door.
2: And she said someone slipped like anti Semitic notes under her door. And that, like, I mean, just... and
1: then in this article, she said she maintains that all of those stories are still true. She's a but liar. But I'm like, you're a liar. Why would anyone believe a single thing that you say?
2: But for me, that also speaks, and this is then I'll have enough about Ms. Finch. But for me, this also shows like Hollywood, they're. There's a lot of stories about people lying in writers' rooms. Yeah. And, you know, there was this whole thread about this woman who was in a, a room for like a comedy show about like soldiers. And she said she was a Marine in Afghanistan. And she like, and there was an actual former soldier in the writers' room who just kept being like, nothing she's saying adds up. She lied about everything. And every time he would bring, mention a story, like when they would have like writers round, you know, room conversations and he would talk about his experience like in Afghanistan and how traumatizing it was she always had to one-up him and he would just always be like damn
1: That's fucking wild.
2: I'll send you the thread it's wild but but I've heard but it's because
1: I just TV not... but
2: Hollywood like it's because like so much it's like we run out of content so it's like there's like a value in like people sharing their trauma and like having it go into shows and it's like they're always trying to like ring people out for like all of their like personal when it's like just write something fake do your job
1: but there's also like
2: there's a benefit
1: there's what he was i think the movement towards which i see a good there's obviously like a good side of like it's like unless you are unless you've experienced this you have no place in like writing about it and i don't think that that's like I don't think that should be a hard line in the sand. I I think when you're a a fucking writer or like a creator, that's part of the whole process is you like make something up that like oftentimes you haven't experienced, but you also draw from your own experiences. And that's like what Google is for and like research and stuff. Like, so I don't, but I think. We need to move
2: away from that a little, I think.
1: Yeah. It's just like, you can't, be so absolutist about that kind of thing. But also, I can't imagine... I can't imagine a lie of that gravity... Like, that's some bowls. To be, like, in a room with an actual Marine and then being, like, going head-to-head with a full-blown, your own full-blown Marine lie. Or, in her case, in the with an actual doctor being, like, full-blown cancer lie. Well,
2: doctors are also, like, trained to pick up on like fictitious shit so like he's probably like in his head like dealt with that before from other people so yeah, he's probably like, like oh i
1: would have just been like after i got the attention and got the job from the, my cancer lie i'd be like Dulled. guys it's a healed i think like, it fully i healed. did like when
2: she said that she would the her friend would drive her to treatments and she would just walk around
1: like, roam the hallways of the Mayo Clinic. How many people, but that's also insane. Like, the lie went so far that she would fly to Minnesota, have a stay at a friend's house, and then have them drop her off for these fake appointments where she'd just walk around hallways. I'm like, this, that's a crazy, that's a crazy person. I was also
2: very harrowed by her sweater coat.
1: I'm harrowed by everything about her. Her shawl. She needs to truly, the only recourse for her. Is to give back. Yeah. Help others. She needs to just like volunteer. I mean, I'm jokingly saying like she should become a therapist because that's the only that's like the only job she could ever do. She would have to like have a fake name and no one could ever really know. But I think at this point, like invest your money and go the fuck away. I go mean, I'm, away. Sh- I'm
2: sure she'll get like a deal. <laughs> she'll probably be like running her own room in a year.
1: I don't think so, babe.
2: I know. I'm, I'm making a joke. But I know, like I, I don't uh she should
1: it does make a good point too that like the men it was like a lot of men have had like comebacks and a lot of men have like lied to get where they are like david geffen there's kind of a difference between being like
0: i went i graduated
1: college like lying and confidently being like a suave swindler kind of like anna delvey who i think is like Fine at the end of the day. Like, I'm like free Anna Delvey, justice for Anna Delvey. Like, I literally don't care and think that she's iconic and would love to see like a way back for her. And there, and then just like really ickily, victim me lording your power over people and like torturing them and like the Finch effect. It doesn't help that she's not glam. <laughs> she's not true. Cheap. She's not chic. She's not. And maybe if she just tried to be a little bit... Sheaker, sheaker.
2: We'd root for her.
1: Yeah. But she just doesn't have a lot on her side, so it's time to go the fuck away.
2: Speaking of potential fraudsters, I'm Carrie. I'm Lara. And you're listening to Sexy Unique, unique Podcast. Salty, Salty Utah, Utah Finches. Finches. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to say it. I knew
1: you were going to say it. I'm um, harrowed by her.
2: I'm harrowed by her and her glasses. I'm
1: sorry. Like, if you're gonna lie, she's
2: like this in the picture.
1: If you're gonna be a nightmare person, be she. You have to be hot. Sorry, that's, <laughs> I don't make the rules. I don't make the rules. I mean, I think you got to be glam. <laughs>
2: It doesn't even mean you have to be hot is like also subjective. You just got to be. Hot is a state You got to be chic. It's a vibe. You got to be cool. You, you got to be calm. You, you got to stay, stay together. together. No, like,
1: but you do have to be hot in one way or another. And that's the end of that. Sorry. Sorry, Finch. Sorry, Finch. <laughs> Go fly away. Staying in Tepang, Fly, fly that, is a great place for the crazies to go. It has such like a kooky mm-hmm. vibe. I'll bet there are plenty of finches in that sea. <laughs> There's plenty of finches. I mean, we could live be a finch, in a but... sea of finch vibes. LA is full of finches. There's a finch everywhere you turn. <laughs> You're literally getting finched.
2: Elizabeth finch.
1: But like, bye bitch. You had your chance. You could have <laughs> healed. You could have healed your cancer and gotten the fuck away with it, but you got greedy and you had to take it to a place of rabbi, like fucking synagogue and take it to a place of like brother suicide and terrorize everyone at your workplace. on
2: ma- Like mass shooting. Yeah, like, like
1: you can't have it horror. all. You took Women it to can't a- have it all.
2: <laughs> you took it to a place of such horror. That is a horrifying thing. It's really gross. To, it's so gross, and it's so despicable to the people who actually you died to go or try lost people. Else
1: now it's I a can. reroute. You don't get a second chance for all of that. You had your fun. You made a lot of money. You got. You fell in love. You have a hot tub. You have a fucking hot tub <laughs> and a gorgeous house in Tepang. I love her just
2: imagining her like. Look. <laughs> With the Cypress Like you have like
1: a childhood friend that reached back out to you who's like a rabbi and that's nice. He's like offering you some grace. Take what you can fucking get and get the fuck out. Bye. Now let's um, talk about Jen. <laughs> okay. Angie K is putting in work.
2: There's literally <laughs> witch house music on this show. It's like Salem.
1: It she is like babe. Salem.
2: It's like just trap choir. They're on the, the yacht.
1: These letters are out to sea.
2: Jen brings it to a place of on my father's grave. I'm like, oh boy. She says, on my father's grave, I swear to God, I was just trying to have fun.
1: Whenever I'm telling you, when someone swears, when on anyone the... invokes a family member into the story, they are lying. What You're if your son died? Manipulating.
2: <laughs> what if your son was dead during. <laughs> um heather i'm sorry heather's a delusionally heather is supportive
1: codependent mess she's a monster yeah. i said heather's a monster to myself as i was watching this episode
2: and i'm sure the heather fans will come from my what head heather fans but i'm i'm sick of her she's gotta go
1: i've never been into her and guess what i feel very validated in it's my like firm with- stance of being like I don't trust this person. Their vibe is bad. Two-faced. My mom
2: said she's five-faced.
1: Wow. She is five-faced. She has no sense of self. And what's saddest about Heather is that she has no self-esteem. No. She has no regard for herself. And I pray she finds it. Uh, Lisa Barlow goes is sitting with Angie K. By the way, she
2: looks so good.
1: My stunning queen of life. I love her pants. I'm obsessed with everything Lisa Barlow does. Remain obsessed. She goes, to me, it was not funny and not in jest about the show. It wasn't funny and it wasn't in jest. Mm -mm. It was an assault.
2: She said, Whitney Wildrose goes,
1: Angie, it was really. (laughs) It was
2: inspiring to see you be very real.
1: It was really inspiring to see you be really honest and really real. I like that she said can say really, but really. real.
2: And then Dana finally speaks. I'm like Dana actually. She stepped it up.
1: She came out of her dream like state and then said, "Oh my god, I got hired. I'm at a job right now."
2: I think she was a little nerve, she was is, nervous. She was nervous. I get it. She
1: needed a little liquid lunch,
2: and she. She served.
1: She stepped her pussy up by the I end. I like and this. I was like, okay, Dana, I'll give you a second chance.
2: With Dana, I went, I hope you keep on serving. Cut. <laughs> <laughs> she did. She served.
1: She did serve. She went like this. Reporting for, for duty. It took her three episodes. took her three
2: episodes. But you know what?
1: It's Sometimes C- it takes. It's. A, she was a soft She, lock. she got
2: her sea legs.
1: <laughs> she did get a sea legs. Wait, leg. can I
2: say? When I was a kid, we went to San Diego and we went on a three-hour boat tour around the San Diego harbor like these people are doing. Mm-hmm. And there were crudités and charcuterie. And it was a very intimate evening cruise. And the captain and his wife and their stepdaughter, or no, the captain, his wife, and his daughter, the wife was like, I think she'd had a stroke. So she was like sitting in the.
1: The wife of the, or the galley, daughter.
2: The wife of the older. Mm-hmm. So she was a little out of it. Damn. And then the daughter got violently ill, seasick, and was just puking. And it was like this, the bay was a little <laughs> rough. And my family, we were all sitting together, and you just heard. Aah!
1: <laughs> I think this that, triangle of sadness. I think her name
2: was like Nora or something. He, I just, we just, I just remember hearing the captain keep going,
1: Nora,
2: holy <laughs> shit! <laughs> and I was like ten. We kept singing <laughs> Gilligan's Eye. My my dad kept going. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> and there was like another couple. There was like a young couple with us, and we were all like dying. We were like, this is a shit show. <laughs> so i kept thinking about that
1: boats can be harrowing experiences yeah i went uh with this guy i was dating in college we went to san francisco for like a fun trip and he was like i want to go fishing like let's go on a fishing trip and i was like okay like we'll do a day trip and set it up and yeah. i'm down we had to wake up at like 4 a.m get to the harbor at like four thirty. yeah we piled on a true ruddy fisherman's, like, Wharf. sea boat, wharf-ass boat, and everyone is, like, in their outdoor, like, hardcore boots and fishing gear, and we set out to sea 25 miles out into sea where we, like, deep-sea fished for, like, eight hours straight, and my boyfriend got immediately violently seasick, Ugh. was, like, puking the whole and time. You're like, off, I'm like, not even the one that wants to be here. I her. was like... It's raining. Oh, They're s- no. Rocking back It's and forth. scary up They're there. Like, pull him in. Pull him in. He'd bark There's, like, and they'd be like, He's chumming. He's chumming. <laughs> and I was like... Trying to pull him. We got like 20 of these like weird, like orange roughy. Did you keep them? No. We're, we're, <laughs> we had to like go back like to LA the next day. So we had like a, a full case of fish. And I was like, where, what are we going to do with these fish? Like we have to give them to someone. We didn't. And he had like chum the whole time. I lasted the entire day. But by the end, I was like exhausted from like yeah. bracing myself and like fighting <laughs> the I, they're, oh, like, they're like, really me, man, really me. <laughs> and I'd be like oh my god <laughs> like, and then I was like I need a nap and like went down in the hull and just like laid on a bench I literally napped Jen style on the bus on the bench and by like the final hour I was starting to feel nauseous and then it's hard gracious like by the skin of our teeth we made it back to shore <laughs> I was like this like fishing day was truly he chose like pirates fishing day
2: I my grandfather that's so <laughs> fucked my grandfather took me and my dad out once on his boat in, in Long Beach Island in New Jersey, and we went, like, just kind of joyriding around, and he, we went past the inlet, and I was, like, 11, and I was watching the depth finder, and it went 40 feet, and then suddenly went to, like, 900 feet because of the shelf thing, mm-hmm. and I literally went, What's down there? <laughs> and I just projectile vomited and was just throwing up over the side. My grandfather kept going, What are you You
1: doing okay, Kev? You looked into the void. I
2: It was a void.
1: You had a full event horizon moment.
2: I, I was like having an existential crisis <laughs> in the inlet. So Jen's also having an existential crisis.
1: This cruise is truly the least seen cruise of all time. They're going by like water treatment facilities. Meredith is blackout. Meredith has taken her happy pills Mm -hmm. and is like no longer with us for the remainder of this episode until like late into dinner time
2: so the the two groups are separated and then they finally converge and there's a kimmy the dj is spinning her tracks
1: she's trying to spin these girls back to life
2: kind of reminded me of tampa bays
1: yeah kimmy is very tampa bays (laughs) what was that girl's name again
2: the one the picky (laughs) slippy or whatever ricky What's the main girl's name? That's like
1: Oh my god, what was her name? Like
2: Flippy or something. G flip. No, that's Chriselle. No, that's
1: Chriselle's new
2: non-binary partner.
1: I was gonna say yeah. Whitney goes, Jenny, I'm so happy to see you. And then does like a twerk handstand, which I was like, damn, her core strength is Mm. legit.
2: And Heather goes, That's how she got Justin.
1: Shut I'm like, up. Heather, go to hell.
2: Jealous hater.
1: Yeah, full-blown jealous I'm hater. I'm fully Team Whitney. Me too.
2: I want to on a boat with Wild Rules and Lisa Barlow.
1: I ride and I die for the Wild Rules.
2: Lisa Barlow <laughs> at one point, she goes, Jen, come on, let's
1: have some fun. <laughs> and Jen's like, shut up, get shut away the from Shut the fuck me. up.
2: So then Jen is she like,
1: goes, Jen, hey, Jen, no, if you want to say something, you can say it to my face. What did I do?
2: Jen is she's on pills
1: i didn't she's... she's
2: medicated and she's so fucked up she's like slurring her words she's out of her fucking mind and i've been there before when you're dealing with like a really drunk powerful personality that's like probably has some issues with drinking and is sort of like mad about something and the he whole has like
1: a dark life journey and the, the whole
2: group is like walking on eggshells and you want to be the one that's like on i've done that before where i'm like groveling to that person and they're like The more you grovel, the more they're like, I hope you fucking die, you fucking piece of shit. Fucking, fucking,
1: fuck you. The only way to deal with, like, a psychotic person is ignore, separate, and live your twerking truth, Wild Rose style. So Lisa tries and tries, tries and tries. And tr- she was "No, Jen, no here, get Jen, over here, get off me!" And she's like, "Get off me! You'll see what happens."
2: The finger pointing.
1: You know, you'll see what happens to you. I was like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Jen is like- also
2: dressed like. She's
1: just like a genie. She's I dream of genie. She also
2: has the longest fingers ever. She's going like this at one point, and I'm like, I'm watching this, and Lisa's like,
1: Jen. She's She's the way she.
2: I was like, she's gonna get in a lot of trouble in prison if she does this shit. People are gonna fucking come for her. She's gonna
1: fight. She's gonna. I don't know
2: if Jen. No, but I don't know if she's. I think her bark is.
1: You think she'll just like keep her head down, and I think she's a i think if people fuck with her
2: i don't i don't i'm now like i'm a little like i'm moving away about i'm worried
1: i'm moving away from my justice for jen position and i'm (laughs) i'm in a different position i'll just put it that way me too
2: but the finger pointing this i'm like jen you gotta learn how to tone the shit down because it's not gonna fly when you're like in the yard
1: i think part of it too is like performing (laughs) for television but no which drives a lot of her like hulk out reactions she takes a veggie plate she goes what is this this super charcuterie platter crudite. <laughs> but it's a crudite
2: i was honestly i was i was i felt that was that the rage. most upset i was but she threw she wasted a crudite yeah
1: but i'm also like we could do better than this
2: <laughs>
1: you know what i mean
2: <laughs> ah she full
1: shield <laughs> she took Get it this out of this
2: here. it then- goes don't go food. Come on, Jen. Hey,
1: listen, I'm going to follow you. No, get away. Go back to her. And she Jeez. finally screams at Lisa enough, that then Lisa starts crying. And then
2: Heather comes over and immediately coddles Jen and goes,
1: you're good. You're so amazing. You're so brave. She goes, you're strong. You're strong. You're very, very strong. You're strong, smart woman. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? And then Heather goes what Lisa did or what Angie K did unconscionable. She goes, I would never kick someone like that when they're down. And I was like, yeah, you would never stand up for yourself. You would let someone literally walk all over you, stab you in the front and the back, rip your hair out of your scalp. And then you would like fawn all over them because you'd be, terrified that that meant they didn't like you. Have some
2: respect.
1: Have some self Get some regard. dignity. She needs to read... Was it the Joan Didion thing that's like on self-esteem? She needs to get know. some motherfucking self-esteem up in this bitch. Whitney, I've read Susan Sontag on
2: camp. <laughs> I know the definition of camp.
1: Jen is camp and it's real good. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I just wrote Meredith as a hypocrite.
1: Yeah, Meredith is... Out to lunch. She, she goes, "I don't think I need lectures and accountability from Whitney Rose, that little girl." She goes,
2: "Little girl," and then we cut back to Mary. Oh, I miss only Mary. Mary. Was on
1: this boat. <laughs> she is a she witch. Talks
2: some sense. I know. She little girl.
1: Maxim some sense into Jen
2: after she says, "Little girl." Meredith goes.
1: wait the real housewives just as an entity love calling someone little girl they're doing it to megan on oc they're doing it to Whitney Rose. like what is up with that it's this little girl and then people getting called evil and freaking out about it is another huge trope
2: and then heather kind of like she's like why don't you throw someone's shoes into the ocean and then she does she throws angie k's
1: fifteen hundred dollar gorgeous sandals and then she throws one of Whitney's shoes in the ocean and Heather goes no I'm gonna get the other one and I'm gonna keep it protected I'm like you're such a shit stirrer and I would be so mad if my cousin slash BFF got one of my shoes thrown over but was like no and I saved the other one I'm like what good does one shoe do you dumb bitch (laughs) She's, throw both. Throw both of them, or Jen, shut the fuck up. I don't want one shoe. What am I gonna do with one
2: shoe? This is psycho shit with Jen does. Yeah, that's that's like um,
1: I was kind of living for it, but then when she when she lied about it when they came back, a producer goes. Also, why isn't a producer like? I'd be like, one of no you one you needs wants to jump with, overboard and swim and get. The no shoes. one wants to deal
2: with She Hulk, and then Lisa goes. <laughs> Those <laughs> better she not was- be.
1: A producer goes, uh I think someone's shoes are like floating in the ocean. Meanwhile they're like a hundred yards away. They are yeah, gone. They're in and then Lisa goes,
2: Those better not be my YSLs. They're like really, really rare. It's so hard to get
1: Oh I had to my god. Pre order them. Pre order
2: them, meaning it's really hard to get a hold of them. It's
1: a pre order oh my god i hope it's not my saint laurent's and i was hoping to i was like please don't let it be lisa barlow's saint laurent
2: this was giving me when my eighth grade science class went to atlantic city for the day and we went on a boat and we had to the whole year make Jesus christ we had to why make did that these,
1: any children go to atlantic city to
2: like the harbor city the bay but the we had to make contraptions to catch specimens and like you think a science i'm science re- trip Yeah, you think I'm going to know how to build a fucking contraption? Make any contraption. So I like spent, I did my best and made this basically (laughs) like a net. And literally the minute we got on there, it was like a rainy, it was kind of like what you were just describing, like high, on the high seas, (laughs) my fucking net immediately went into the water and everyone laughed at me and it sank to the, it was like, that was reminding me of the shoes. And my science teacher was like, well, I guess you just chill for the rest of the time.
1: God, classic. And I went, no.
2: Yeah, I was like Heather, you fucking instigated this. Yeah,
1: you started it, and like, and then everyone comes up to see the shoe damage that's been done. Shoe date. And then
2: Whitney goes, "Why am I? Why is one of my shoes gone?"
1: And Heather goes, "No, I saved it for you. I saved it." And I was like, "You're a bitch." And yeah. then Jen just goes, "I don't know what happened." The way she lied, like, so easily, I was like, oh, wait, she did scam those people, and I guess she should go to jail. Yeah, so. she's a
2: terrifying person. Yeah, we're, damn. Listen, we're admitting... Like,
1: I tried my very best. We're
2: admitting our culpability and I'm
1: perpetuating just saying where I stand, it changes rude. week to week. Abolish prison, yes, but I, Jen, still. she deserves a little punishment. I think she deserves more punishment for lying about the shoes than... This was scary. That was scary. Also, I love that Angie K. knows not to push... So she just, like, accepts.
2: Okay, you're on... As and we said, being on a boat... If you're
1: with, rich and someone throws your shoes, you're like, yeah. whatever, I'll get new shoes when I'm back. But also,
2: being on a boat with someone like this is not the safest place to be. No. Wait, make sure you're on land before you broach shoegate. So back at the house, Heather calls
1: Angie Harrington. They leave Jen on the bus, alone, and she just sleeps on a, the bench of the bus for an hour and a half. This seems... And the driver goes... The driver's sitting there like this, waiting for her to, like, get up and get out. And then, like, minutes go by, and she goes, are you okay? And Jen goes, yeah, and then just sleeps there. For, like, two hours. Yeah.
2: This was, like, a... I'm not gonna... I'm not trying to assume anything, so, like...
1: Do you think it was fake?
2: No, it appeared to me as someone who used to, like, this happen Hardy hard me. and
1: pass out. Felt
2: like there was something extra going on.
1: I was like, was she blamel? She was... Or was she just mad?
2: She was absolutely wasted. Blotto. Like, she was completely fucked
1: up. I love that everyone just left her there. I, I was would. like, bitch, you have no friends. If someone leaves you, Heather's if you... not your friend. No, she's absolutely not. Heather talks friend. shit about. She's... Heather's in it for a TV moment and yeah. to be part of that on camera, like, shoe silliness. Yeah. But, like, she's not really ride or die for you.
2: She's not a ride or die
1: five-faced old five-faced gay and Um, like to be left on a if you're ever left on a bus that's dark you need to examine your life because you don't have friends
2: if you're on a party bus and everyone leaves you you need to go wake up two hours later you need to fly back
1: she had a whole bed in a room be with your your family
2: lay low and try to like examine some things
1: change your life
2: well that's she's gonna have a lot of time
1: Mm mm-hmm
2: Lisa Barlow calls John. I they, love them. They're so hot. She goes, what are you doing right now? And he's like, oh, I'm just making dinner for the boys. She goes, oh, look at you, Mr. Domestic. I was like, ooh.
1: She goes, well, I was on a boat and Jen, she pushed me. And he goes, she pushed you. And she goes, yeah. And he goes, sick of that. And I was like.
2: It's crazy. Jen Jen is literally salad fingers. <laughs>
1: I love Lisa's sad relaying to Daddy John. She yeah. pushed me. She pushed me. Yeah.
2: Oh, I don't love that. Then Jen, of course, makes it. She rallies from her from scene chemical other slumber. <laughs> and...
1: All the ladies make their way downstairs. And Lisa, she's strolling downstairs. She goes, I'm starving. I need protein and a vegetable. <laughs> I was like, I love you. Same.
2: So Jen somehow has had the funds to pay for this luau at this house how I'm does like, she
1: have like 19 wigs still i don't know and all that jewelry and a glam squad to like make her up to look like a hawaiian princess i was like you are shady doing everything wrong right now payback angie k
2: also this isn't making her look no this good. is really
1: bad this is bad.
2: Like last episode, she was talking about like if I'm being no close to her religion her and side, passing. Yeah. It's bad. It's bad. Um, So she has a luau. They do like a, a traditional, is it Samoan or Hawaiian? Hawaiian. Hawaiian luau dance. It's really cool.
1: Angie K goes, these fire dancers are amazing. The sad thing is I'm probably going to have to pull them aside afterwards and tell them they're not going to get paid. She's right. Yeah. I think that they all did that for free for yeah. Jen because she's like, it's like dangling like maybe i think she's manipulating and dangling something with that lesbian drummer <laughs> <laughs> i think she's made some promises uh-huh. and she's done a little bit of flirting with that lesbian drummer and now that drummer got all her friends to come out and do a free show because she thought something might happen the
2: lesbians of san diego yeah
1: she jen is Jen's, she's up to something she's playing fast she, and loose with that
2: <laughs> d- <laughs> she uh it reminds me of an *Housewives of Dallas* when Leanne Locken basically swindled her way into getting a fully free wedding. Wow! By being like, "There's one where this woman's being like, like,
1: you'll get exposure." Yeah,
2: basically, she's like, "I've done a lot for a lot of people in this society. I might not have the money, but I've connected people." And there's one part where she and her like ghoulish wedding planner, who's like truly Frank from *Father of the Bride*. <laughs> Are talking to this like amazing wedding dress designer who's like this really nice woman who de- Leanne has known for a minute. And she's like, they wait for her for a second after she tells them the price of the dress. They pause in silence.
1: Who paused in silence?
2: Leanne and the gay. And then the gay goes, Well, we think Leanne has done a lot for people. So we want it for free. Other people have been giving her some discounts and given things for free, even. And they then they wait and she's going like
1: this How much was the dress? Like 25000 Something crazy. Twenty-five thousand. Twenty-five thousand. Our uh, fellow, our fellow seasoned. I know that was a low. That was a low moment to realize that you're in the same company as Dana Wilkie and you're looped in. We I were would like, say "That's a low point of 2022."
2: We were like Jezebel Gawker, Dana Wilkie, Dana Wilk- mm-hmm. the South China Times,
1: the South China Post, Dana Dana <laughs> <laughs> um Um. so the luau happens also doing this for exposure like i'm sorry there's not a huge market for like luau performers in the world you know what i mean like you need to be getting paid if you're in a niche space like being a luau performer in san diego you need to be getting paid for your work and they're incredible so it's like yeah they're really good they put their pussy they they did it they did the damn thing. And then
2: they sat down to dinner and Jen... Did I l-
1: love them? Lisa, tr- everyone trying to learn how to luau, and Lisa's just going like this. She's modest. She's dancing to the beat of her own drum, and that's what I love about her. She's
2: dancing to the beat, beat, beat of the subway, beat, 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 beat of the taxis.
1: The Wild Rose loves to luau.
2: Oh, I love it. They sit down and the food looked really good, and... Then Jen brings in cop strippers and I was like
1: Jen. No. I was like, this would be funny if you were enjoyable to be around, but it's just uncomfortable and we're being held hostage.
2: Also, this would be funny. This would be funny if you hadn't been swarmed by actual like Homeland Security. See, I
1: like the I like the wink and the nod to that, and okay. I think that's funny. But it's not funny when you've terrorized people on a boat all day. Yeah. The strippers were kind of like they didn't. What did they, they didn't even strip anything off? They didn't offer me much. No. I love them being like, Lisa, get a lap dance. And she goes, no, 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 no. All I can think about is how germ-covered they are. And the only person I want to see naked is John Barlow. She goes,
2: John Barlow. I was
1: like, you and Carrie. Yeah. (laughs) Carrie as well. I'm
2: the only other one in the world.
1: The Wild Rose goes, I have a husband and two kids, so I will get a lap dance. (laughs) And she goes,
2: (laughs) woo! She goes, (laughs)
1: get <laughs> back over here just come over here it. yeah he
2: probably was like do it dana tells jen dana finally i was like oh she's doing it she tells jen that she was mean to angie h and angie k yeah both she Angie's.
1: finally shows up for work and is like heather it's deal? weird that you said one thing in our lunch with Angie H. And then you're saying a whole other thing to Jen right now.
2: Heather's also in a place of sunglasses at night, which you know is she's like... She's
1: gone full Angelina Jersey Shore, which is you've been caught.
2: You're caught and you're lying. And, and you're Heather, embarrassed. Heather, I was watching this and I was like, this is... This is You sick look person. really bad. You look bad. Like you were...
1: I don't trust Beauty Lab and Laser anymore. No, you
2: are fully called out. You are full of shit mm-hmm. in this moment. And Jen, Heather's sort of... She's... Ride it. She's rode this line of being like the audience proxy up until now, where I'm like, I don't want anything to do with you. (laughs) The
1: audience is also kooky. Yeah. So I don't like it. I don't like an audience proxy. Yeah. Never have, never will. (laughs) (laughs) I Um, wrote, Heather is a monster. What does she get out of her friendship with Jen? And I really do think it's only camera time at this point. Yeah. It's a mixture of camera time and not being able to like set a boundary. She says, even Meredith has gone... Meredith's just gone away. Meredith has Meredith no illusions Meredith is here, Mrs. Torrance.
2: Um, <laughs> Dan is just, like, basically, like, you said that if Jen ever gave you an ultimatum, you would not be friends anymore. And Jen goes,
1: what do you mean about that?
2: <laughs> what? She gets her... What?
1: What do you mean by that?
2: What do you mean... She, what if Jen had... She should have sock puppets. She should
1: have... What do you mean by that? Like, Sesame Street puppet. Yeah like Somebody that comes up from under the table like a full-blown sesame street that's like elmo Did you see
2: the tweet that was like they should just I have see miss tweets. They, sh- they should just have miss piggy on beverly hills and just not call attention to it and just have her like be in it without like ever being like this is that a would puppet. be
1: incredible she would start drama she would serve she would serve she's c-u-n-t
2: general piggy she's I mean, there's no more glam or chic than Miss Piggy.
1: They really should do that.
2: Isn't she drama? Does she love her?
1: They should have a season where they just have, like, add two different characters, like
2: or Miss like Piggy
1: a- and then Elf. No, I hate Elf. I hate Elf too. I've never understood Elf. He made me so uncomfortable from Elf. the jump. I hate the way he looks. I hate his texture. I hate his whole vibe. The Elf industrial The pl- color scheme. Everything about Alf is so wrong to it's me. So Ever since I was a tiny child, I was like, I never want to be a part of this. 80s, I was always like this.
2: Such an 80s coke idea. Pure, yeah, <laughs> It's such a pure idea.
1: Pura. Um, Meredith stare at Lisa's, when Lisa's talking, Meredith's going... <clears throat> um, Jen
2: randomly just goes, they destroyed
1: my husband! So what's crazy to me is like, Jen, so Chris apologize. the Angie h and chris making that Finza account crazy. is really getting like swept under the rug and overlooked in such a huge way and i'm still incredibly fixated on it and i need to know more But it was need- his idea that it was his idea and he went so hard and i do think it was incredibly shitty and shady of them And so I guess Chris called Jen to apologize, but she said the only way I'll accept your apology is if you make a post on social media saying that you did this like publicly, which I think is a very reasonable request. But then according to Angie H., her publicist, (laughs) she was my publicist and my lawyer shut that right down. They said, don't you dare do that. And I'm like, why does she have a publicist? She's a housewife, I guess. But like, she's not yet. So. You're and then Heather's like, yeah, they can't say that because then they would be admitting to something that they would never be forgiven for. And I'm like, well, they already have done it on TV. So, like, they should say that, I guess, from a lawyer's perspective, then they could get sued or something for, like, defamation, maybe. Mm -hmm. But also, like, I think that's a totally valid and fair request because I think that's psychotic and no one's really holding their feet to the fire for that. Lisa
2: tries to add it, and Jen just rolls her eyes. And she goes, "Oh, don't roll your eyes, Jen Shaw." And then she goes, "If if there was a class called Mean 101, Jen Shaw would be a professor." I was like, "Slay."
1: She goes, "I'm a lot of things, but I'm not mean." And then it, Meredith goes, "But Lisa isn't mean. What she said was hysterically funny." She's
2: she has a mean streak a little bit. I think she's like she's a good Mormon I love lady. her. I'm. I think she's like. Means well at the end of the day, but she has she's got some she holds a lot in and it comes she's out a good as good time
1: girl. Yeah, never she's, forget
2: she's quietly. I think she's like sneakily mean. She's the queen
1: of Sundance. You have to be a little mean to become the queen. Jen um, goes. The only person who I even trust and know where they stand is Angie K.
2: And everyone looks, including Angie K. It's
1: like what?
2: And then Heather gets mad, of course, because she's like, "I'm your ride or die, not anyone else."
1: I wrote Jen is unwell. She is. And then I think everyone just kind of gives up. Lisa goes, I have to go call my baby boy. He's 10 and he misses me and he needs me.
2: Well, first, then Heather throws Whitney under the bus. Oh, yeah. I was like, you, that's an asshole shit. That's You're your cousin. Pa- yeah.
1: She was family first. Why are you so, me- well, I don't think they're really cousins. They are. They
2: aren't. They literally are. They talked about it at BravoCon on the panel. They are actually cousins. Okay. They're literally genetically related. I stand by this.
1: Okay. Yeah, she goes, I didn't know that Angie Kay was going to show up with Whitney and they were going to be wearing their little gloves and their costumes. And Whitney goes, why do you bring me into this? Yeah. Why bring me into this narrative? This has nothing to do with me, Heather. Um. And then Heather like won't let it go, and I'm like, oh, you're trying to like twist the knife in yeah. Whitney because you look bad right now.
2: And then she gets up and she leaves, and she goes to Jen. Go find yourself another Heather Gay. You won't. <laughs> I, I'm out.
1: I went like several line readings of that, and I my favorite is find a new Heather Gay. <laughs> <laughs> find a new Heather Gay. Then Whitney goes, Meredith, you are not the CEO of fun. Meredith goes, <laughs> <laughs> she isn't. <laughs> she goes what? What? Where are we? She's drooling. One line of drool coming out of her mouth. What? Susie? Are we on the boat? This is luau.
2: <laughs> this is meat.
1: What did you say?
2: I want. And she just takes a giant pepper and goes.
1: <sighs> I'm sorry. I'm gonna sleep.
2: Next week looks crazy.
1: I honestly hope that Whitney punches Heather, but I think what happens is like Heather slips and falls in the night. Mm. I think it's something like benign. Or Heather like hits a door, or, or something. Whitney closes
2: it on her, and it's like
1: yeah. Or Heather closes it, but actually like hits herself mm-hmm. in the eye.
2: It's gonna be because I don't to look think for.
1: wasn't Heather was the one that was physical with Whitney yeah, in I Arizona. Think... Wild rose, the wild rose is maybe a lot of things. I may be wild and I may have thorns, but I am not a violent rose.
2: I get physical, but not in a way of violence.
1: I get physical with Justin, my husband, because I am a wild rose. But I would never raise a fist to another woman. That is not the way of the wild rose.
2: <laughs> um, that's guys, not the
1: way we really do it around here.
2: The wild roses need to assemble on January 11th and 18th, wild 2023. Dynasty we ride, typewriter. We ride at.
1: We ride a dynasty typewriter. Come nights.
2: one, come both. Tickets are on sale in the description. On our Instagram, on social media, go get some tickets. It's gonna be so fun.
1: It's a perfect Christmas present for a long lost friend at the holiday season. Start the new
2: year off. Why right? not reunite
1: at our show? Yeah. Yeah. Why don't why don't you let's say you don't have any friends to come to the show with. Just come alone. Come alone. You'll make friends. People always
2: say, like, I just came alone and I and they end up like
1: and they end up
2: hanging with other people and they and take making pictures together. Literal lifetime. Yeah.
1: friendships that are still to this day wild
2: and roses mm-hmm. come see what all the fuss is about yeah it'll um, be
1: so so fun until next time ta-ta bye sexy unique podcast is created and hosted by me Lara marie shane halls this episode was co-hosted by the one and only carrie o'donnell This episode was edited by Ness Smith-Sabatoff. If you like what you heard today, please be sure to subscribe to Sexy Unique Podcast on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're craving more sup and just can't get enough, and want access to things like bonus episodes, tons of premium content, as well as ad-free episodes of the pod, consider supporting the podcast on Patreon. You can find out more at patreon.com slash sexy unique podcast.